Thanks, Daniel. Well, um, we are going to finish up this morning our series on the book of Ephesians. We've been at this for a good long while, but it's a, we're finally up to the end of that, and I hope and pray that you've enjoyed it and, and learned and grown just as I have during this time. As we come to the end, it's kind of good to just remember the overall structure of the book real quick. You know, we said that the first three chapters are all about God's amazing grace. It's all about what God has done. We said it's, it's Paul is saying you've got to know who you are. You've got to know that you're in Christ. You've got to know that you've been saved by grace. You were dead in your sins, that we were dead in our sins, and we, we were dead in our sins, but we have been made alive in Christ, and it's all by God's grace. We've been brought into God's family. We were far away from God. We've been brought near to God. We've been far away from each other. We've been brought near to each other. We've been brought into God's family. Know who you are, Paul said, for three chapters. Again, it's an example of God taking the first step, right? I mean, similar to what we talked about with the baptism. It's God who reaches out to us first. But then he says, now become who you are. Start to live it out. And we talked about doing that in unity. We talked about doing that in purity. We talked about doing that in our significant God-honoring relationships. And then the last five weeks, we've recognized that Paul says, as you try to become who you are, you're part of a bigger battle. And, and, and we, we came to that part about spiritual warfare. And, and so now this morning, there's only one more question I want us to ask about this letter that Paul writes to the Ephesians. And the question is, how does he end it? How does Paul put this letter to bed? What, what does he do as he closes off this letter? And, and the fact is, for a lot of us, this isn't a part of the letters we tend to pay great attention to. A, a lot of us, it's, it's sort of like, well, yeah, sincerely yours, Paul. Right? I mean, it's just, it's kind of this end stuff. And yet, I, I want to suggest this morning that there are some just absolutely essential things that are happening here. There are two I want to talk about, the second one, but I want to just show you the first one. Because I think it teaches us something about Paul's heart and about what it means to be the church. Because what Paul does first is he gives us an example of, of caring for each other. And, and he teaches us that caring for each other matters. Look at this in, in verses 21 and 22. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. The fact is, if you've been with us through this whole thing, then God bless you. But also, you know, Paul hasn't really given them any information about his personal life. He hasn't shared with them what's going on. He's in jail, probably in Rome at this time. But he hasn't said, you know what, I'm doing well with this. I'm struggling with this. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. He doesn't give any of that information. And Paul wants us to know it's not that it's unimportant. I mean, the Ephesians want to know about that. They want to know about Paul's personal life. And he says, Tychicus will take care of that, okay? He'll come to you. He'll tell you, okay? He'll share with you what's been going on. He'll tell you how the the court case is going against me. He'll tell you what I need, and and he'll take care of all that. And, And I just think that reminds us that church is not just about learning. It's not just about worshiping. It's also about living in community together. It's important to know your stories. It's important to share our stories It's important that we share life at that level. Paul says, I'm sending Tychicus just so that you can know how I am and and, and what I'm doing. You need to know that. And so that's one thing that he does. He he, he talks about, you know, caring for each other. And he he just gives a model of saying, those those things matter, friends. It, It matters to hear the stories, okay? The other thing that Paul does, and he does this at the end of basically almost all of his letters. There's just a couple that he doesn't. But he gives a benediction, or what we would call a parting blessing. He says these words, Peace, peace to the brothers and sisters, love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Peace, love with faith, 
and grace to you. Paul does this, like I said, almost all the end of his letters. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's his benediction, his blessing at the end. Galatians 6, verse 18. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. When Paul comes to the end of the letter, what he does is he gives a benediction. He gives a, a parting blessing. And if you've attended here at Hillside for any amount of time, you probably have recognized that that's how we end our services here. And, and it's kind of based on this, that when we get to the end of a sermon, Daniel and I, we, we get to the end of the sermon, we ask you to pray, we ask you to stand up, and we don't just say, have a good day, right? We try to remember to say, pray if you want, but, but, but then we raise our hands, right? And we say, grace, mercy, peace. Love with faith, whatever it is. But we raise our hands and we give what's called a benediction. And, and, and I think for some of us, you know, the, the, I know, remember for me growing up, again, the, the benediction was important because it meant we could go home. Or the benediction was a sign for mom to look for her purse. But I want to suggest that we need to understand just what's going on in the benediction this morning. We need to think about that, and, and, and primarily in terms of what we do here in a worship service. And so that's really what I want to think about, is, is this thing called the benediction, the end of Paul's letter here, the end of our worship services. What, what is that, and how do we think about it, and what, what is going on there? So I want to ask four questions, and the first one is this, where does it come from? Was this just some kind of a church pastor at some point who decided, hey, this is a nice way to end this? Was it Paul who came up with this idea? And what I want to suggest and show you is that scripturally, this goes all the way back to Genesis. I mean, specifically of having somebody who is a representative of God bless his people as they leave, as they go from his presence. And and again, even though he goes with us, but as we leave, that there is a blessing. We go back to Genesis 14. Starting at verse 18, then Melchizedek, and and Melchizedek's an interesting figure. Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Well, that's always interesting, isn't it? He he was priest of Shaddai, God Most High. And and he blessed Abram. Abram was the one who became Abraham, all right? He blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. And so here we have Abram, this king of Salem, who was somehow also a priest of God. Um, again, just an interesting figure, but he was a priest of God, and Abram wins a victory, and so he said, blessed be Abram. And he declares a word of blessing over him. The, the, the idea of a parting blessing, a benediction, really gets its, its clearest roots in, in the book of Numbers. We see what is the most common, I think, for many of us, of all the blessings that God gives, because this is the one he specifically gives to the priests. Where we are at this point in the Old Testament story, the people of God, at the end of Genesis, end up going down to Egypt, right? And they become slaves for 400 years. God rescues his people out of Egypt, and he brings them to Mount Sinai. And on Mount Sinai, God makes a covenant with them, a promise with them, a, 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 a committed love kind of commitment with each other. And, and, and so God does that. He gives them the Ten Commandments. He gives them other commandments. And, and, and they worship God, okay? And, and then as the people are getting ready to leave, leave Mount Sinai and head to the Promised Land, and it's going to take them a long time. But as they're getting ready to leave, God says this to, to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, and we need to just stop there a minute. Aaron was the older brother of Moses, and he was the first, of, the first high priest, all right? And so Aaron and his sons are the lines of the priests. And in fact, I think this is fascinating, to this day in a Jewish synagogue, 
in a Jewish synagogue, when they give these words of blessing, you can only say them with your hands raised in an official capacity if you can trace your heritage back to Aaron. You can only do it if you can still to this day. So Jewish people today are still making sure, and it is only one of the sons of Aaron who can give these words of blessing. It's only those when the synagogue worship ends who can give these words of blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and then the same words I said over Samuel, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And and in that, that became the blessing. The blessing that is still spoken in Hebrew today at at a Jewish synagogue at the end of a worship service. That was the benediction. As the people go from this place, this is how you are to bless them. And look at what happens in this moment, all right? We're going to come back to this. But God says, so in this way, you will put my name on the Israelites. Okay, this isn't just something that's kind of there. By doing this, God says, when Aaron and the priests do this, you put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them, all right? Something happened in that benediction. Something happened in that blessing, and and we need to recognize that, all right? Now, the idea of lifting our hands, where does that come from? Well, in Leviticus 9, uh, Aaron just does this, okay? Leviticus 9, again, at that same time, then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them, and having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. All right, again, it's the end of a worship service. Aaron stands and he blesses the people. This is probably somewhere around 1400 BC, 700 years later. This is still going on, all right? 2 Chronicles 30, verse 27. King Hezekiah has a time of renewal. They have a worship service, and guess what happens at the end? The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people, okay? They stood to bless the people. When God's people go from wherever they are in community worshiping him, when they leave, the priest gets up and blesses them. Well, what about the New Testament? Does any of this continue? Look at this, Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke has told us already at this point in his gospel, this is the, there are two more verses after this, but, but this is almost the end of his gospel. He's told us already that Jesus has died, Jesus has risen from the dead, that Jesus has brought peace to the disciples. Now it's 40 days later. And Jesus comes with his disciples and he brings them to Bethany, all right? Just a little bit to the east of Jerusalem. He brings them to Bethany and look at what happens. When he, that is Jesus, had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Can you, I mean, what what an amazing thing that Jesus, and and I I wonder if he didn't speak those words of the, what we call the ironic blessing, those words from number six, the Lord bless you and keep you. If Jesus himself didn't say those words, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them while he was blessing them. He left them and was taken up into heaven. Again, it's as he says goodbye, he gives this blessing. We look at the ones in Paul. Here's 1 Peter 5. Again, we get this. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Peter has the same thing. These are the last words, all right? Peace to you, grace to you, mercy to you, God's good gifts to you. There's this blessing. Then if we go to the very last book of the Bible, the very last chapter of the Bible, the very last words of the Bible, Revelation 22, starting at verse 20. What we get this is first is he who testifies to these things. That's Jesus, all right? Jesus says, yes, I am coming soon. 
and we have there a promise, right? Jesus says, I am coming to soon. He promises the, the people who receive this letter of Revelation, the book of Revelation, there's a response, amen, just like we said at the end of the prayer, so be it, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha, Maranatha, that's what that word is there, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, it's a prayer, but then the very last words of scripture, guess what they are? It's a benediction, right? It's a, it's a blessing. The last words, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. Okay, so we see it. Where does it come from? I mean, all over, okay? I mean, just, you saw those scriptures. I could have done this for a lot longer. But, but, this, but the benediction is something that when God's people gathered together, at the end of it, a representative of God's people would speak these words, all right? So the second question, what is it? What is a benediction? And, and, and this first part that I say is, I think, going to be maybe for some of us kind of eye-opening, maybe for some of us just a good reminder. But, but what a benediction is, when, when we ask you to stand up in this parting blessing, when we do this with our hands, what a benediction is, is I want to say, first of all, it is a pronouncement, okay? It is a pronouncement. And, and the reason I say that is because I think we need to understand it's not a prayer, these are not the words of a prayer. I mean, you could sometimes understand that. And I think for some of us, we've been trained to kind of bow our heads to receive the benediction because we're praying, right? And so we pray, and then we ask you to stand, and we say, God, please give your grace to these people. God, please give your peace to these people. God, That's not what it is. That's not what it was in the Old Testament. That's not what the verb forms are in the New Testament either. It's, it's, it's not a pronouncement, and it's not a wish. That word may shows up in some of them, and so it's like, hey, God, if, it'd be really nice if you blessed these people. You know, I wish you would bless these people. I hope that you bless these people as we go. It's, it's not that. It's a pronouncement. It is a declaration, all right? A benediction is a, is a pronouncement or a declaration of God's grace. It's saying this is happening. And, and part of the significance of that is it means that as we leave this place, God has the last word. And, and whoever it is up here doing the benediction, whether it's Daniel or me, God has, speaks, as it were, through us. Just as in baptism, God speaks these words of promise to Samuel. So too, God speaks through us. But God is saying to you, I am with you. I am right now blessing you. It is a pronouncement. It's not a prayer. It's not a wish. Uh, again, this comes from God. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites, Okay? Say to them, this is God wanting to say as you leave, you know what, as you go out and to serve, I'm with you. It's not that I just stayed here, but I go with you and my grace goes with you, all right? So it's a pronouncement. It's not a prayer, not a wish, but it's, it's, it's a benediction, a pronouncement, a declaration. In some ways, in, in, in some ways I, I could get up at the end or Daniel could and say, you know what, God told me to tell you as you leave. God told me to tell you as you leave that the Lord is blessing you. And, and again, the Lord is. There, there's something that happens. I don't want to turn it into magic, but there is something that happens. Just as something happens in baptism, it's not just this sign. It's, it's also somehow God has said, this is going to be a way that my grace comes to you. But the Lord is blessing you. The Lord is making his face shine upon you. And if we understand that, that it is a pronouncement, if we understand that in that act, somehow I, God is giving me his grace, that he's putting his name on me, wow, I don't want to be too busy trying to do anything else. I say, I want this, Daniel, I need this. Please give me your word of grace. Give me God's word of grace, rather. Excuse me, all right? So in this act, God gives his grace. Again, I don't want to turn it into magic. The baptism is not magic. But somehow we're so 
rational that we fail to recognize scripturally. Again, God says something is happening. Let's go back to number six and, and that very last line. So, and that means in this way, all right? In this way, they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites. When they spoke that word of blessing, when the priest raised his hands and said those words, God said, in this way, I am putting my name on you. Something is happening. God is claiming us. God is, and, and he says, and I will bless you them. Okay, and, and so somehow in this act, God is doing something to us. He is claiming us and, and putting his name on us. And as we now go out to serve him, as we now go out to serve him in our homes and in our neighborhoods, we do so having been blessed having received God's grace, having experienced God's grace. Again, in Ephesians, look at what Paul says about this. It's peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from Paul. No. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not from Paul. It's not from Ron. It's not from Daniel. It's not from any other pastor who stands up here and gives a blessing. These are words from God. And in this act, God gives his grace, all right? All right, spoken by, and this is kind of an interesting thing just to think about and, and what it means for us, but spoken by a recognized representative of God to his people. Okay? Now this gets a little interesting for us, doesn't it? Spoken by a recognized representative. So in the Old Testament, like I say, it was only the priests. And, and you can only speak those words in a synagogue. And in fact, if, if there's somebody, and, and this happens in Jewish synagogues, there are people other than a, the, 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 a child of Levi, other than one of the Levites, the Aaronite, one of the priests in the Levites, it, it, they might know that blessing better. The person who knows it best might not be able to say it. So what they'll do is have the person who doesn't know it stand up, raise his hands. If he can trace his lineage back to Aaron, if he's a priest, then the other person will say a word, and this person will say a word, and the blessing is coming through that person. Very careful about who who gives this. In the New Testament, we see Jesus giving that blessing. I showed you that. The apostles in the New Testament. What do we do with that? Does this mean that only pastors can give a blessing at the end of the service? Our our church has said there are other blessings and there are other ways. And and it's not. But our church has said, you know what? It's, it's, It's a recognized representative. So yeah. Fact of the matter is, this might sound kind of funny, and, and I can understand. I, I, I struggle with this kind of stuff. I honestly do, because I, I'm no closer to God than you are. The Holy Spirit is just alive in you. But somehow God's people have recognized this. But if, if Kevin preaches or if Eric preaches, and if they're going to do a benediction, they're not supposed to raise their hands. And, and it comes out of this, because they're not, the, they're not yet ordained. They're not yet, and, and again, it's not like, oh, they're not yet special. But... But we see throughout scripture. Now again, you can bless your kids. You can bless me. You can bless all sorts of people. But at the close of a worship service, there seems to be something there. Now the other side of it, and where it makes me struggle, is to recognize that, you know, in 1 Peter 2, and we could talk about this longer, but, but it's, Peter says, you all are a chosen people. You all are royal priesthood. You're all a holy nation. You're all God's special possession. And so at one level, again, if we're all priests, then we can bless others. And so that's why I think in a, in a more general way, you can, we can bless each other with these kind of things. We can bless our children with these words. But our church has kind of said, well, it, in a worship service, this is who does it. It'll be interesting. You know, I, I, certainly not a hill I'm going to die on. But spoken by a recognized representative, that's certainly the case throughout Scripture. And, and then this one again, too, spoken specifically to God's people. There are other blessings for other people. There is a thing we call common grace. 
But these are words for God's people. These are words for people who have surrendered to Jesus Christ. These are words to people who are part of the family of God. Again, look at what it says in Ephesians 6. Peace to who? To the brothers and sisters. To the believers. Peace to the believers. Not to everybody. And then you get to grace to all. Oh, there it is. No. All who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Again, you can bless. And I bless. If you're not a Christian you're here today, you will experience, I pray God's blessing. But in a sense, that specific blessing, there are general blessings, but that specific blessing of a benediction is spoken to those who have received Jesus Christ. And, and, and again, that kind of re, there's something in us that kind of rebels against that sense of, but, but that's the reality. And, 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 and God blesses you and loves you, even if you're not a Christian. But he also wants you to come home and, and, and to recognize his gifts and receive his gifts and to receive the fullness of his grace. All right? So it's, it's spoken specifically to God's people, all right? So that's what it is. It's this pronouncement spoken by a representative of God that brings God's grace to God's people. All right, what is the content? What is the content? Our third question, it, it, it's two things. It's God's presence, first of all, again, that he promises to go with us. If we go back to number six, the Lord bless you and keep you, and then the highlighted parts... The Lord make his face shine on you and turn his face toward you. What those mean, those are Hebrew idioms, phrases that talk about the Lord be with you. Um, The the place that I heard somebody mention that kind of connects with us is uh, a number of years ago, you uh, might say to somebody, if you were mad at them, talk to the hand, right? Because I'm not going to turn my face. I'm not looking at you. Talk to the hand. And and, and, and so we know what it's like. If If I turn my face away, then you and I are not in relationship, right? This is saying God is in relationship. God is with you, okay? And, and, and so it's just saying as you go from this place, God's presence goes with you and God's gifts go with you as well, all right? God's gifts go with you as well. Again, back to number six, the Lord bless you and keep you. That's protection. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. That's grace. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That is peace, all right? So Aaron said, not only does God go with you, not only is he turning his face, but he's giving you, he's giving you protection, he's giving you grace, he's giving you peace. When we turn to, again, Ephesians, we get three things. Peace to the brothers and sisters. And, and, and in this letter, Paul has done, uh, he's going to gather up the main themes. I mean, seven times Paul has talked about peace, that God makes peace between us and between us and God. Seven times Paul has talked about peace. And then he talks about love with faith. He says, love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Seventeen times he's talked about God's amazing love. And, and ten times he's talked about faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, all right? God, Paul continues, and now he's saying, okay, as you leave, know this. Peace, love with grace, or love with faith, rather, and then grace to all who love our Lord Jesus with an undying love, all right? We are saved by grace through faith. And so grace, 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 11 times. Paul is saying, as I come to the end of this, I now pronounce this on you. I have taught you about it. I have told you about it. But now I bring you this gift of God's presence and of the grace, the peace, and the love with faith that I've been talking about and, and I think that sort of thing is what we're trying to do at the end of that. We're not praying, we're pronouncing it. All right, last question. How do we receive the benediction? How, how, should, how, how should we receive this benediction when, I, when we're there? And I, I, there are not clear rules, okay? I, I want to just touch on a few things real quickly here. But, but what about posture, okay? What about posture? Um, standing or sitting? 
uh, again, we here ask that if you're able to stand, that you stand. Uh, I think for me, part of that is the sense of saying, and that's a long tradition in the Jewish tradition, but also in our tradition. I think part of that is saying now is we are, we are now in the place of getting ready to go. We're in the place of leaving our communal worship, and we're going to go out and serve God in this world. We're going to go out and worship God in this world. And so there's something, I think, appropriate about standing, though, again, it works if you're sitting, okay? So, but, but that's why we ask you to stand often at this time. Here's an interesting one, looking down or up. I think for many of us, for me, I think, again, for me, in my life, a long, a long time I kind of thought this was a prayer. And so I was like kind of bow my head in prayer, right? And say, you know, God, please bless us. Please give us your grace. It's not. It's a pronouncement. And so there's something I think really good. I personally look up. And, and what I do, if Daniel's doing the benediction, I look at his hands. I look at his hands because the way I look at it is, is that when I'm doing this, when Daniel's doing this, whoever is doing this, it, we're channels of God's grace, so to speak. That's why when I, when I do a benediction, I hold my hands like this, okay? Because I, I kind of think it's like God's grace is coming down. And, and, and I'm, you know, it's not from me. It's, it's, it's that I have the privilege and the joy of, of, of sharing that. And so to look up at it. So I look at, at Daniel's hands when he does the benediction. And so I think there's something good about that. On the other hand, the Jewish people know it's a pronouncement, and they all look down, so they're not distracted by looking at the priest. So that's why I say don't make a roll, okay? Okay, it can be in any way with that. One other thing, just kind of an interesting little thing. Today, when, when a Jewish priest will say these words, what they'll do with their hands is not raise them like this. They will raise their hands either like this, and no, don't think of Star Trek, or like this, okay? But what they want to get is kind of a W thing, okay? And, and in this one you have right in the middle, if you take those fingers down, you see how it's kind of a W, which is the um, Hebrew letter for Sheen, which is the first letter of Shaddai, all right? That first Genesis 14 was from Shaddai, and so a priest will do this and, and be saying, you know what, the Lord bless you, okay? Shaddai bless you. The Lord Most High will bless you. Okay, next one on posture, hands open or not. Um, I, I had somebody say this to me, and I've done it since then. That, again, if I, wanna, if, if I am in this act not praying, if it's not me speaking to God, but God speaking to me, God pouring his grace into my life, I, again, I stand with my hands open. It's just a reminder to me, God, fill me with your grace. Yes, indeed, I am blessed. I receive the grace that you give to me. You don't have to do that, okay? But for me, again, the posture is more about not saying, if I get this right, I get grace. For me, it's about how can I, how can I help myself remember what's going on here? So I do that, but again, it's not a big deal one way or the other. So there's posture, but posture is not nearly as important as the next thing, and that is that we do this in faith. You receive the blessing the same way you receive all of God's grace, and that is just in faith. Indeed, I am blessed by God. However you stand, however you sit, what we do at that moment is we say, God, I need your blessing. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand, but first we're going to pray. And, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to speak these words from, from Ephesians. And, and I just pray that we can understand in this moment what God is doing. All right? So let's pray. Father, you give us an amazing gift. We, we've seen it in baptism this morning. We've seen it in your promises to all of us that you're with us. And then the promise specifically to little Samuel. And, and, and Lord, now as we anticipate once again hearing your word of benediction, pray that we will have hearts that are ready to receive, that we will know that indeed you speak to us and your grace comes to us. May we live it out as we go from this place. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand? Again, if you want to talk to someone or pray with somebody after the service, there will be some folks in the prayer room to my right, to your left. People of God, now as you go from this place, peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love.